Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub show. My name is Gio Garcia and today is Friday, July 17th. And joining us once again is LA Times sports reporter, uh, Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how you doing? All right. It's hot here in Orlando. Yeah, it's hot and muggy. And I'm, I'm currently in North Carolina, not too far from you. And I'm also feeling the humidity out here. But you don't have to play soccer in it. Neither do I, but we have to watch <laughs> Yeah, we we yeah, obviously that that's one of that's one of the benefits. We don't we don't have to actually go out there. Um, but yeah, so how many how many have you gone to any other games this week? No, just uh, I've seen the opening game with Miami and and uh, Orlando City, and then I saw the Galaxy uh, lose their game to Portland, and saw the uh, LAFC tie with uh, with uh, Houston Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot obviously that I want to get into with that. Obviously, this being El Trafico, I want to ask you. I was like, obviously, there's no going to be fans for this matchup, and a lot of a lot of what makes this this matchup so amazing is that you do have a fan base that they're always, you know, my team's better than this, better or whatever. You know, Galaxy say they have the championships, and obviously, obviously, LAFC are the new boys in town. How do you think this matchup will go without the fans? I think it's going to be totally different. And some of the players talked about it yesterday in the in the media conferences that um, this is a, a rivalry, yes, because these teams are close together and, and there's some animosity between them. You know, the Galaxy, the traditional old-school successful franchise, LAFC, the upstarts. Um, but it, the, the rivalry is really fueled by the fans. You know, the two great supporter groups on both sides who have their own issues with one another. And without that, by the way, you're going to hear that that beeping that's I'm getting all kinds of emails um but that's what really fuels this rivalry and the games that I've been to there is absolutely zero atmosphere in the stadium it's not really a stadium it's a AYSO field basically a glorified AYSO field there is no sound there is they try to gin it up they play some music and do some other things but there aren't even stadium announcements when there's a substitution or a card so there's no atmosphere at all. The players have to generate that on their own. Mark Anthony Kay of LAFC talked about that. We need to bring our own energy. I, I just, it's not going to be, it's going to be a rivalry game, but it's not going to be an El Trafico. I mean, I think we need to reserve that name for when they're in a packed stadium. You know, they've they played six games now. They've each scored 16 goals. This is how even it is. They've each played 16, uh, they played six games, each scored 16 goals. Neither team has uh, lost outside of its uh, home stadium. Neither the home team is when there's been a win. It's been the home team that's won. Um, Carlos Vela, he scored in all six games. He won't be in this game. There's just a lot mm-hmm. of interesting things to it. But the most interesting thing is without the fans, it's really not going to be an El Trafico. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Obviously, I think uh, obviously before COVID and everything happened, we, we were looking at the dates when these two teams were going to match up. And obviously, I think you and I weren't surprised that these two teams, that MLS was not going to pass up an opportunity to have an LAFC, LA Galaxy matchup, whether it was group stage or whatever. But I think there's obviously a lot riding on this uh, for both teams, but I feel a little bit more for uh, obviously LA Galaxy because they didn't get any points. Um, let's just uh, break down each game. Um We'll start with LAFC. Obviously, they were down 3-1, and they were able to come back uh, from behind uh, and tie up the game 3-3. A lot of people assumed that this was going to be a much easier game for LAFC, but it did not seem that way. Um, obviously, they were down. They, they looked like they started uh, very flat, and they conceded some goals. Obviously, some goals were uh, by certain errors, but you being there, how did you see the game? Well, 
Um, first of all, I think the LAFC may have some problems with Kenneth Vermeer in goal. Uh, I have not been impressed with him. Really? You know, he's given up. Uh, his games have been four months apart. I know one was in March and now here, but those last two games, he's given up three goals in each of the games. Tyler Miller, uh, uh, you know, when he was there, he had his problems, but back-to-back games with three goals, I don't think he ever did that. I think a couple of things with Ramirez, he seems to be making bad decisions. And, his, you know, he's an older guy. He's 34, 36. I don't think his reflexes are as quick as they used to be. That second goal, the one that came off the rebound, I mean, I, I think that was a goal that, that he should have stopped. But having said that, mm. he's getting a little help from his defense. Um, all three goals were basically on defensive errors. Two of them, Christian Blackman, a poor clearance, and then he just got beaten mm-hmm. uh, up the middle. So defensive errors. The, the, the funny thing is with the way Bob Bradley plays, and he said this after the game, he said, if you're going to push forward and you're going to push high, you're going to have to be prepared to give up some some goals going the other way, and you just have to live with that. Um, or your d- defense has to stay back, and then you can't push as high. So it's sort of a trade-off. But uh, I think Vermeer right now needs a little bit of help from his defense. He's not going to get it. Christian Blackman looks like he's still trying to find his way. Remember, he had that big error that gave up a goal in the first Champions League mm-hmm. game of Leon. So that's what I see there. The heart to come back, though, and, and not give up in that heat, I think two things happened. One is I think LAFC just came back and took that game and got that point. I think Houston really wilted in the heat. So um, LAFC seemed to be do, to do much better in the heat and the humidity and in, in the circumstances. You know, they had the ball over almost 75% of the time. They completed twice as many passes as Houston took. Um, they outshot them. I think it was uh, it, like three to one. Um, they dominated the game. To come away with just a point probably was a little bit disappointing for them. But the way they came back to get it, I think that – holds them in, in a good place going into the second game. Yeah, and obviously the, one of the biggest questions going into this game is how they were going to do without um, Carlos Vela. So we saw all three uh, starters that started at forward scored. Obviously, Bradley Wright Phillips, uh, that was a positive for them for him to be the first goal, first scorer. Then he also had a chance to make it to, to score two. Uh, he just was out of reach. And obviously, you know, we saw what Rossi could do. And then the biggest thing, um, Brian Rodriguez finally got the monkey off his back and was able to score. Um, and I think that he had a better second half than I believe him and Tristan Blackman were playing on the right side. And at times it didn't seem that smooth. And at times I think that right side sometimes has lacked certain things. So I want to see moving forward how Brian Rodriguez, now that he, he was able to score, how he does going into LA Galaxy game. But another thing that I want to add is um, Adama Diomande. I don't think he played, I want to say, more than 10 minutes. And he was out. Um, Bob Bradley said yesterday in the uh, players, uh, press conference, uh, um, let, me, let me just read the quote or let find it. He said, Adama uh, uh, had a, a MRI, there's nothing major, um, but he's not sure what that means for the game against the LA Galaxy. So the player that we saw come in for him was Danny Amaterez's uh, last name, Mazowski, um, came in. Um, don't know much about him. I know he's from Vegas. Um, but, I mean, he did a decent job, but I'm wanting to see if Bradley Wright Phillips will be able to play a full 90 minutes. Well, well he said after the game that he could. The, 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 what, Brad, uh, what Bob Bradley had said coming into that game is he didn't think that Bradley Wright Phillips or Diamandi, either one was ready for 60 minutes. He thought that their time was very limited. Um, Bradley Wright Phillips played really well. He was supposed to just play a half, and he, he talked Bradley into leaving him in to start the second half. He wound up going 60 minutes. Uh, he said he could have gone longer. 
We'll see what happens now because it's the sec. This time it's the second game. This was the first game in four months, um, so everybody was fresh, but they weren't fit. So it's kind of interesting now. They're he, they're a little bit fitter. In fact, Bradley Ray Phillips said that after the game that he felt like he gained some match fitness by playing 60 minutes in the heat. But we're coming back now five days later in this heat and humidity. Bradley Wright Phillips is in his you know mid 30s. Uh, he hasn't played a lot in the last year and a half or so. So it'd be interesting to see how far he can go. But I think Bob Bradley is going to lean on him because once uh, he comes out, yes, they have some bodies they can throw in there, including a teenage academy kid. But there's not mm-hmm. a lot of experience. So I think Bradley Wright Phillips is, in, in this game is probably going to go as far as he can. This is the game, I think, where the Galaxy, where uh, LAFC needs some points. The Galaxy do, too, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, I expect Bradley Red Phillips probably gets to start, probably go a lot of minutes. Diamandi, it's interesting, that foot that you're talking about that Bob Bradley mentioned, that was the one. He broke a bone in that foot in February, um, missed the start of the MLS season, was expected to be out until, you know, May or June. Well, they didn't have any games, so now he's back. But clearly that, that foot has not healed. Um, it's one thing to train on it. It's another thing to push yourself in a game, and he obviously felt something – Interesting quote from Bradley where he says, didn't show anything major. Um, I mean, it showed something. We don't know what it showed. But when it didn't show anything major, normally he would say, you know, it it was negative. He didn't say that. He said it didn't show anything major. So there's something there. Yeah, and and the way he worded, he's like, I'm not sure what that means for LA Galaxy, uh, for the LA Galaxy game, Um, which is – that's the, I think the toughest thing about uh, Diamande, we know what he can do uh, once he's on the field. We know he's a scorer. We know he can take advantage of the opportunities. But he's had these lingering injuries that he hasn't been able to, you know, overcome or, you know, heal. And, you know, th- at a time when LAFC doesn't have their main striker, um, it, it's unfortunate for them. Because I'm not even sure if Adrian Perez, how much Adrian Perez will be available. I have to go back and see what Bob Bradley said. Um, but I remember him saying, oh, I, don't, I don't want to quote him, but I recall that Adrian Perez might not be uh, 400%, but I don't know if that means he plays or not because he was on the injury reserve for the last game. And uh, another player that uh, Bob Bradley mentioned, Andy Nahar, uh, they said they're going to be very conservative bringing him back. So there's a lot of things that I feel like LAFC are going to be working through of this group stage. And also, you know, they, we are going to see, like we saw Danny come in and play, and we may see uh, someone else. Uh, we've seen that they use Latif Blessing uh, in defense and sometimes at forward. I, I'm curious to see if they do use him at forward on uh, this, this matchup. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely push him forward. And, um, you know, they have a ton of midfielders they could bring in if they wanted to push Blessing into that spot. There are some options there. I think getting Andy Nahar on the field would be important if Tristan Blackman continues to struggle. I mean, that might be a solution to that problem right there. Um, normally in a, in a World Cup um, um, style tournament, and, and a lot of people said this is not a World Cup tournament. No, it's not. It's a World Cup style tournament. Um, mm-hmm. that there's a group stage and a knockout stage. Normally you would see a coach with a guy like uh, Diamandi. You might see him rest, rest him and say, let's get through the group stage and then will be 100% fit for the knockout stage. Bob Bradley and a lot of other coaches here, for that matter, are looking at this completely different. These points in the in the group stage, only the group stage, count in the regular season standings when the regular season resumes in, in August. These points are important. Um, Bob Bradley would much rather, I think, have three points uh, against the Galaxy than maybe you know advance deep into the tournament because whatever happens in the knockout round doesn't count. 
Um, if you mm-hmm. win the tournament, you get to go to Champions League in 2021. If you win MLS, you get to go to Champions League. I think that's what Bob Bradley is looking for. He wants to win MLS, so he needs these points. Um, the three points that up for grabs against the Galaxy are very important. If Dio, And I say that only because if Diomani can play a little bit, if Nehar can play a little bit, this is where Bradley rolls the dice. He's not going to get conservative mm-hmm. and say, we've got another month to go here. No, as far as Bob Bradley is concerned, there are two more games. And then after that, we'll see what happens. He'll play, maybe he'll play the second stringers in the knockout stage. It doesn't matter in the, in the regular season standings. Yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting point um, that, that you said there. And I'm interested, obviously he does have five subs and we don't know, we don't know that this team is, the depth of them is in the midfield. And I'm interested to see who comes in. We uh, obviously I know it's one game, um, but I'm interested to see uh, if Bryce Duke, who's uh, we, he's shown that he can play at a very high level, and he's shown that he can also contribute. I'm interested to see if he comes in uh, in this game and is able to help him out um, because I feel like that midfield they can get flexible with a lot of those players. Like I said, like Luke's blessing. Um, but moving on, I want to move on to the obviously the the LA Galaxy. Um, Obviously, they tough. They lost a tough one, and obviously, the man right there, Chicharito, he missed a penalty um, to put the team up uh, first one. And I think this was a very uh, important time for him to, uh, you know, to start the game off right and you know be able to give the team the lead. But he missed. He missed the penalty, and I feel like, um, just watching the whole game, I feel like at, at times, offensively, they lack certain things, and they're not. They lack certain offensive ideas. Um, but at the same time, they are playing an LAFC team that show that has shown that they can be scored on as well. So I'm interested to see. Uh, I do want to say, obviously, Chicharito ended up getting a goal. So he was able to score a goal. But I'm interested to see if the LA Galaxy are going to be able to capitalize on some of those potential offensive, uh, you know, offensive attacking ideas that they do come up with, or on just able to capitalize on some of the mistakes. And the positives that we did see from uh, from the Galaxy, we saw Cam and uh, Dunbar come in. Uh, they, I think he's a 17-year-old. We, we saw his parents were shown on social media. He played really well. And then we also saw Gordon Wilde come in. And his first little touch uh, in the game, it turned out to be a goal, but he was offside just by a couple feet. And those are players that I'm interested to see how uh, GB Game of Barcelona decided to play him. Um, moving on with this LAFC game. Well, two things. Uh, you have Cameron Dunmar, a very young kid, the first homegrown player from Carson to play for the Galaxy who are from Carson as well. Um, he's a young kid, ton of talent. People raved about him afterwards. Getting his start in the first game, of his first MLS start, making his MLS debut in the first game of this tournament, huge. Gordon Wild, sort of on the other end, he's 24. That was his MLS debut. He didn't start. He came off the bench. Uh, got the assist on Chicharito's goal, like, as you said, scored a goal that was called off, was really impressive. So you have two guys at different stages of their career. For Gordon Wild, it's put up or shut up now. If he doesn't become uh, you know, a player that plays a lot of minutes this year, he may have to start looking for another job. He's a great chef, and people have told him he should open a restaurant. Maybe that's what he'll do. But he, if he wants to be a soccer player, which he does, this is his year. That was a great uh, and very auspicious debut for him. Um, Cameron Dunbar, a guy that has the whole world in front of him, uh, also played very well. It'll be interesting to see if he'll be able to maintain that. But there are a lot of problems with the Galaxy. Um, it's you, you mentioned the lack of creativity, complete and total lack of creativity. It seemed as if the game plan, um, because Pavone, to me, seemed like he was kind of taken out of the 
he was part of the attack, but he wasn't the guy they were trying to funnel the ball to. It seemed like they really kept trying to get the ball to Chicharito, who had the lowest amount of touches, again, for the third straight game, the lowest amount of touches of any starter. Um, he missed the penalty kick. He missed two open chances at the start of the second half. Um, I think the fact that he finally scored is going to relax him. I think you'll see another a different Chicharito. He was. He said he wasn't, but it's clear from his performance that he was really pushing for that goal. It was bothering him that he hadn't been able to get it. Now that he's got it, I think he relaxes. But you're right. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I think Vermeer can be uh, beaten in the back for LAFC. I think their defense is a little shaky, especially if Blackman starts again. He needs to figure it out. On the Galaxy side, I would not be surprised if Giancarlo Gonzalez sat down. Uh, Steris played really well uh, in the first game against Portland. Uh, Dupuis, Nick Dupuis played so well when Steris was hurt at the beginning of the season. Giancarlo Gonzalez just doesn't look like he uh, is in a good place right now. Uh, GBS needs to make some changes, I think. That might be one. Um, I, I, I think, you know, Bingham has been good in goal for the Galaxy, but mm-hmm. LAFC is just so powerful. That's why I see a high-scoring game. I think LAFC is a little soft in the back, and then I think LAFC's attack is so strong that they're going to make it difficult for Bingham. I think this could be a very high-scoring game. Yeah, and I also agree with that. And we saw the, the goals that Poland Timbers for, and those were, like, in the second half. And it was towards, towards like, I think, at like, well, I'm going to say, like, 20 minutes left in the game. And we did see how... Delhi Galaxy's defense may not have a full 90 minutes in them. And I think that's where LAFC can capitalize in the last 20 minutes, depending what the score is. And we've seen this, like I said, we've seen this from, from LAFC, that they do have a slow start sometimes for our team that are able to come back and score those goals. Um, and I also agree with you. I feel like people, the, the LA Galaxy are trying to play through. They're trying to play through Chicharito. But the, I think their best offensive player, in no disrespect to Chicharito, is Carlos Bellon. Um And I think they should be utilizing him more. Um, you know, and I don't know what – there may be something going on between them two. But obviously he's able to create chances. But we do see sometimes like those flashes of Chicharito, how he ran through the middle and that goal that he was finally able to score. Those are the type of he, – he, he, he scored and those are the type of runs he does. Um, but I feel like they're, they're going to have to be more creative and – on TV, they kept showing uh, Guillermo Balascaloto, and he always he had this type of look in his face. He was very frustrated, um, and I'm just interested to know how how much of the pressure he's feeling because I know it's just one game, um, but I I just want to see more creativity from the LA Galaxy, and that might have been because they were they're starting to gas towards the end and the weather humidity, but I guess we'll have to see this weekend. Well, a couple of things with GBS. I've been, I have not been impressed in his year plus that he's been here with his tactical acumen. In other words, I think that, that he sets a game plan during the week and they come out and then play the game and, and that's it. And if, if something happens in the game that they need to adjust to, he, he doesn't seem able to do that. Um, and, and you see it from the way that they play. They play the same way from start to finish. If, if a team is giving them something, they're unable to take advantage of it because G- GBS can't seem to change tactics in the game. He won 16 games last year. It was a great season. But how many of those games did they win just because Zalatan refused to lose? It wasn't like they had some great tactical uh, decisions that they made. Interesting, GBS only made two substitutions. Through the first round, the Galaxy uh, and uh, – Galaxy LAFC played on the last day of the first round. In other words, the first round when everybody played. So everyone had an equal amount of games. 
GBS made two substitutions, mm-hmm. two of the five. He's the only guy who made only two substitutions. That tells me he really didn't know how to use those substitutions. Um, he will get Joe Corona back for this game. That's going to help. Joe Corona was unable to play in the first game because of uh, red card uh, against Vancouver way back in March. Um, he'll be able to play in this game. I think that'll help because Sebastian Legette kind of played that that uh, Jonathan Dos Santos role. Remember, Jonathan is not here. He had uh, surgery for a sports hernia that really hurt the Galaxy. And so it seemed like Sebastian was that distributor, like uh, Jonathan. He had a ton of passes but was not dangerous in the attack. That's not a good role for him. I think if Joe Corona comes in or maybe even Perry Kitchen and plays that distributor role, that can push Sebastian Legette up and he can become part of the offense, part of the attack. That's where he is really good. Um, and, and and the Galaxy needs some help. It can't all be Chicharito, although I do think Chicharito will have a really good game uh, now that he's got that monkey off his back. Yeah, and I think this is a, 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 another big game for him because Chicharito, I mean, if they, don't, if they don't score, I mean, if they don't, if they, if they don't get any points in this, in this match, essentially they're out of the tournament because they lost the first one. And, you know, if they lose another one, you lose two games, you're pretty much out of the tournament. Not exactly. I mean, but, but very close. If, if this tournament, there are six groups. True, the top true, two, true, 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 Top two teams in each group go on to the second round, and the top four, four best third-place teams. So of the six groups, four of them are going to send three teams on. So what do the Galaxy need to do to finish third? Well, um, through, the first, uh, through today, we're recording this on Friday morning, four teams that have played two games have zero points. Okay, so – one of the one of those teams, it's a th- if they finish if they move up and finish third, you know they're going to move on it, with a win in their last game. The Galaxy can still do that; they can lose this game, win their third game uh, over Houston, and still advance. But it becomes much more difficult if they don't at least get a point. A point against LAFC would give them a chance at at four points. That's probably going to move them on as a third place team. If they have to go, if they go into the last game winless, it's going to become really really tough. Yeah, and I, I mean, the worst case scenario is they a draw, but I think for everything that they, they have and they, they got going for them, so they definitely want to get the win. And to get a win over LAFC, it would just make it that much sweeter for them and it may get things going for them in the, in the positive direction because there is there is so much, uh, I feel like so much riding within these uh, first three games and just the way that, that they've lacked certain things. And, but we've also seen the positives of both teams and of LA Galaxy and how they got to go deeper um, because they don't have Jonah Dos Santos. They don't have, obviously, they, uh, the unfortunate situation with Katai, but you have these positive, Kevin Domar and Gordon Lyle, and these are great opportunities for them to capitalize, and they're so young and so new to the team that it's, it's a positive, but I also want, to be, want them to be able to capitalize and be more creative on the offensive, on, offensive end and on defensive end. I think they just got a lot to four ninety minutes. Yeah, they. I mean, it, they come with one. They're one dimensional, and when the opposing team figures out what they're going to do, um, you know, that makes it very much easier for them. That's why they have to be able to. I, I think their goals against uh, Portland were uh, at the end of the game where they were really pushing the tempo. I think a lot of that was Portland was just completely out of gas. Um, uh, LAFC is not going to wilt in the heat, I don't think. So, the, yeah, they do need to be a little bit more creative. I think GBS has to throw some different looks out there. Um, uh, fans are getting unhappy. Um, the, you know, the Galaxy are winless this season. They, they only have one point. They, they tied Houston um, in the first game of the season. Granted, it's a small sample.
said about the way this thing is going. Yeah, I, we got, I think we got Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. I never lost you. Yeah, I think I, I think I ended up losing you. Um, but um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for this game. I mean, you got you know, it's gonna be on Saturday. No no better game just to watch this. Um, it's obviously gonna be on ESPN. Um, I unfortunately I know I had I told you I was planning on going there. Um, but I guess the deadline had passed because I was planning on driving out there. Um, so you got so shut out. I guess the, yeah, I got I got shut out because I, I had reached out to them and they said that the, I guess the deadline had passed. Yeah, um, but it's okay. But, but what was interesting to me when LAFC was playing, they they had um they had pumped in the uh, thirty two fifty two noise into the game. But remember, the, the the players don't hear that, so people at home think that the players are reacting to the noise. You can hear crickets. You can you know there is no sound at all at the game. So. When uh, they pump that noise in, it may it may or may not make for a good TV experience, but the players don't hear that. So they're you know anyone who says, oh, you know the fans fired them up, nope, not going to happen. They don't hear that at all. Well, yeah, and where can you just describe like where exactly are you, are you sitting? Are you guys sitting in the middle of the field, at the end of the field? Where? We're sitting uh, behind one end line, way off in the corner, um, uh, the very farthest seat over. So, in other words, the closest seat to the field is not even quite where a corner kick would be taken from. So much of the media is way off, off the field, off the sidelines. You can't really see – you certainly can't see the other end of the field at all. And there's only one monitor in the press tribune. Uh, it's very small, and it's used mainly by the stats guy who's there. So he kind of bogarts that, and, and we don't get to share it. Um, um, but it's, And we're right next to the speaker. They do play for – I don't know what reason. They do play music – during the warmups and when the teams come on the field and they crank it up to ear splitting levels, which they don't need to do because there's nobody there and there's no noise to compete with. I say that only because if you're sitting in that last seat, you are right next to that speaker. And they turned on that music between games uh, last week. And I wasn't able to hear the post game press conference because uh, even though I had my headphones on and was had the zoom call up, the music was too loud. It's uh I think MLS has made it pretty clear that they really don't want uh, the print journalists there. They're, they'll tolerate us. They certainly haven't welcomed us. And I think a lot of that is because there's so much pressure on MLS to get this right. Inside the bubble, there are some of the MLS partners like ESPN's in there. Telemundo's got reporters in there. Um, but, it, you know, it's primarily it seems to be happy news that they're reporting out of that. And that's what MLS wants. They don't want guys like Steve Goff from the Washington Post or – Jeff Carlisle from ESPN digging around, um, trying to find a story. They want everything to be happy news, and that's why they think they've made it difficult for this tournament to cover. It's much better. You talk about you can't come. You will have a much easier job covering the game off TV than you will if you came here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess well, I guess the reason why I was planning, I was, I'm on this side of the country, and I was like, and I knew you were going to be there. But, yeah, the way I guess the way you describe it doesn't sound uh, – as enticing, um, but yeah, you do. You, I guess, Kevin, you do got to be part of uh, some history there. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm here, just to make the history. Yeah, remind, remind me again. How how much longer will you be out there? I go back uh, next Saturday, so eight more days. I'm primarily doing COVID. I'm primarily doing COVID stories now. I'll I'll go to the games and cover the games, but 
in between games. Um, not I'm doing mainly just what a wacky place Florida is. Yeah, yeah, and just everything that's just going just going around there. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think that's all I have for this uh, for this episode. Is there anything else you'd like to add uh, before we we sign off here? Everybody, be safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. <laughs> there you go. Guys, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. You guys can also listen to uh, this live stream on podcasts on Apple and Spotify. Uh, check us out there. We just got on Apple Podcasts. Uh, uh, Kevin, thank you once again for being on. Guys, we'll catch you guys next time. See you.